my guest for this episode is Fiona Padgett. We met several years ago in an entrepreneurial community and have been friends ever since. And I've always been impressed by how quickly she takes control of her career path to adapt to changing circumstances. People kind of get set in their way sometimes, but not Fiona. She's never stood still. She's not afraid to dive in and pursue an entirely different career path. This is Invincible Career, and I'm Larry Cornett. Welcome to the show, Fiona. It's good to see you. It's been a little while. Thank you. So let's start with learning a little bit more about who you are, where you are, because people are going to say, cool accent. She must be somewhere outside of the U.S., which is true. Um, a little bit about your career path, because I think you've had a fascinating career path and the things that you've been doing, because we've known each other for years and I've been able to watch it through Facebook and other places. But let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, I am from Scotland in the Scottish Borders. That's the south of Edinburgh. Um, I've lived here for 21 years with my, uh, well, should I say children? Yes, they're always children. Uh, <laughs> That's Angus, right. <laughs> Angus is 23 and Katie's 20, so they're, they're older children. Uh, yeah. And my, my dogs and my chickens, and I, I love horses country life. So my career, yeah, has been pretty varied. Uh, I started off in broadcast journalism. I started off actually in the, in, in the radio, working in the radio up in Aberdeen and sort of very quickly got myself in, in front of the microphone, I don't know how, <laughs> at, at that <laughs> point uh, was flying around in a helicopter in the morning doing the the, the travel reports, which was great. That's fun. pretty cool. And, That's yeah, pretty cool. it was pretty. It was pretty <laughs> cool. And uh, then the I had my own music show. They stopped me to do all, all of that kind of thing, and I moved over to, to television and read the news bulletins and 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 did that 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 sort of thing. Then moved to Glasgow, where I presented a program. It was a sort of current affairs type program for five years which mm-hmm. really gave me a huge amount of, ex- of life experience in it. Because although I was quite young, the subjects I, I was covering were extremely diverse. And at times, mm-hmm. people, people laugh when I say I've been in every Scottish prison. <laughs> 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 For the right reasons. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you were able to walk back out. <laughs> I was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, I mean, that, that was, it was a fantastic job. I loved it. I was filming out in Israel, got caught up in shootings in Bethlehem mm. and all, all manner of wow. things, really. Um, but that job became difficult when I had uh, my my son. It just became the hours and everything. So I moved to, I took a, a career break actually at that time. And then I moved mm-hmm. uh, back into, after both children, moved back into corporate communications and mm-hmm. had a fairly senior role, actually. And that that was, probably a moment worth mentioning for, for, for a woman because I had had a five-year break mm-hmm. and at that point in time um, during that five-year break uh, uh, there had been a lot of advances in people using computers, I'm telling my age now, people using computers <laughs> and, and what have you. When I left when I left five years before that, we were still looking up phone numbers in a phone directory. Right, so that's yeah, yeah. Was, And then all of a sudden, it was like, crikey, I've got to use a keyboard. And, you know, yep. all this. <laughs> so, I, I, and it's quite, you know, you've got to just accept that there, there are going to be learning curves. And so that, 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 that was a big one. 
Um, and I, I really enjoyed that job. I worked with lots of um, chief executives and people at very senior level working in the field of corporate social responsibility. And uh, then after, after a while doing that, I decided to set up my own business um, um, in video production. Right. So I'd always kept a hand in. I'd, you know, when I worked at, at Scottish Business in the community, I'd done a corporate video for them and what have you. So I'd always kind of kept my hand in doing that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I set up a video production business, and that worked. That was really successful uh, until 2008. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. You, you, I remember you that. <laughs> yeah. I think I think most of us remember that, and yeah. and that particular business really it, it failed so fast because mm -hmm. it, because at the top level corporate video at that time was still a fairly large expense um yeah i mean that was before people shot their corporate videos on their phones right. and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, they, we just we lost our clients overnight yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. it was really it was really really terrifying and i think i just I felt so demoralized by that. I mm -hmm. felt so heartbroken. When you put your heart and soul into building a business, it's been very successful. And then external circumstances mean right. that yeah. it just goes. I thought, you know, I'm tired of going into offices and meeting with senior marketing individuals and, you know, trying to persuade them that a corporate video is exactly what they need, actually, right now. Right, you know, right. I, I, and I, and so I had changed completely. And I thought, you know, I'd always been strong at sports at school. Mm -hmm. um, and so I completely requalified as a personal trainer. <laughs> That's a huge career them. change. Yeah. Yeah. Massive. massive. Yeah. So I was, yeah. I was 40, 41 at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and I was the, the oldest in the group of about 15 of us that went through the training mm -hmm. course. I was the only one that couldn't do a full press-up. <laughs> much to my, <laughs> much to my horror. <laughs> um, and, but you know, there was just, I, I had to have faith in myself. I had to believe in myself because whilst yeah, I knew yeah. I actually wasn't physically as fit as, fit as I could be, I, I felt I had the potential to, to actually do the job. So again, I built up another business um, very successfully, and um, that took me through my youngsters' older years at school, where everything revolved around them, really. And then <laughs> I made another massive change after <laughs> I realised I, I had more freedom, I suppose. Right. And now I'm a, an estate agent or a real estate agent. Yeah, another big change. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you, big some change. of the properties you show are gorgeous. I mean, mm. I've seen the photos. It's just beautiful, stunning. So you've been in an interesting position to see what's happened over the last year and a half with the, the pandemic and remote work. And, and I'm sure the experience in Scotland has been in some ways unique to, to Scotland and probably some similarities with the U.S. too. But how have you seen what's been going on with the pandemic and remote work impacting people and working in their homes and things like that? I feel incredibly privileged in a sense because I never, I was never furloughed. I was never, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I, I worked the whole way through. I was the only one member of my Edinburgh team to continue working. And that meant that I have had contact with 
hundreds of people all the way through this and I've seen the changes and I've seen the impact that it's had and you know we all had a, a three-month lockdown where we weren't allowed anywhere mm. when we were first allowed back out I would come across people sort of slouched over the end of their bed on laptops and you know yeah. sort of joking about it and uh, you know <laughs> this, this was very this was very temporary and yeah. as yeah. time went on I I would come across people who were incredibly isolated they they, yeah. they really didn't like the experience at all and uh, you know they wouldn't let me leave i i, I could have been the first <laughs> talk your ear off <laughs> yeah. it's like please don't go exactly <laughs> yeah you're the first you're the first person that's been in my house for six months um wow. so yeah. yes and that was because of course we were one of the very few industries that were allowed to allowed to actually keep mm. functioning yeah. pretty much as normal so Yes, but some people find it, 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 they're finding it incredibly difficult in that sense. Others were loving it. They tended mm -hmm. to be the people who live in locations like me, where you're in the countryside and you have right. that sense of freedom. Then others were feeling completely trapped because mm -hmm. they just had four walls and they didn't have, you know, many places to, to get out and about outside. And right. people were missing the camaraderie, the teamwork of an office. I think sure. Zoom, you know, Zoom or Team, Microsoft Teams or whatever was very quickly lost its appeal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I mean, I, what I find funny was speaking to, you know, speaking to people in their sort of tracksuits, at least they got out of their pyjamas, um, but, you know, <laughs> speaking to people in their tracksuits and trainers and then them telling me there's some isolating solicitors and the right. <laughs> It was, yeah, that, that was a weird experience. Yeah. yeah. It's very incongruous, the whole thing. <laughs> so, um, and then people started to get very creative because they, they, they then, it, it was this work situation was becoming a permanent one. And yeah. I mean, I, I've seen people who, one girl, she sort of divided her bedroom in half and so mm -hmm. she put a big shelf and then she climbed up her ladders to go to bed and her workstation was underneath. Oh, you interesting. Know? That's kind of like college, yeah. Yeah, yes. and I, 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 I mean, I've had other people who are basically working in the cupboards, um, sure. which, yeah. you know, is not particularly healthy. Uh, right. And people who have got nice sheds in the garden. and mm -hmm. uh, But, yes, it's been a, a very... There, there are pros and cons. There have been pros and cons. But the other side, it, it has shown us that it's entirely possible if people require flexibility for work right then right. i mean i remember when i worked in the last sort of nine to five corporate job that, that i had i really 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 got to the point where i could have done with it one day at home in the week yeah and exactly. I, I remember how much i fought for that and they did give it to me eventually and it was quite sort of pioneering at the time oh and yeah, then, yeah and then even though even though I had my one day at home, I actually hated it because I felt as though they didn't trust me. I felt as though yeah. that I was just, you know, at home having a wee jolly day off. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And whereas I think now that they are, that's turned around because, well, I mean, if the work's not being done, the work's not being done. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. So on that side of it, it's 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 enabled us probably to approach firms and say, look. Um, this this flexibility is going to help me as a person. Um, right. The flip side of that 
is people are finding it incredibly difficult to disconnect. So yeah, they, they, they have their computer and their desk sitting in the corner of the living room. Mm-hmm. So they're not having that physical leaving the, the space where they're working yeah. to the space where they have their dinner with their family and, and relax and watch TV or read a book. So right. yeah, whole, yeah, whole big mixing pot of things in there. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> I've heard of people doing some very creative things with that. One, one guy was talking about the fact, I think he has his office in a room on a different level of the house. And so he will walk out the front door of his house, just like he used to go to work. And he walks, you know, down his driveway and goes around the house and comes in the bottom door and goes into his office. And people are kind of laughing. He said, I need this disconnection between work and home to kind of get my mindset in the right place. And I I'm lucky enough to have a separate room for my work too. And so I can kind of go in and close the door and focus. And then when I'm done, you know, shut the door, go back upstairs and, and kind of have my life. And I think it's been hardest for people that don't have that, that it, have to it, work in their home. Right. It, it, it's critically important. I mean, when I, when I ran my video production business, I started off, just with a, an office upstairs in the bedroom mm-hmm. and eventually got a sort of garden shed and it was that mm. simple it, it was i'm going to leave leave the house walk across the garden and into the shed right. you yeah. know yeah. <laughs> I, and it helps I mean, it's very, yeah it helps it, yeah it helps uh it, in the same way as people are having their zoom meetings with their shirt and tie and their underpants sure uh, you know <laughs> yeah. i mean it's just <laughs> Things are just a wee bit surreal. Um, I know. Yeah, it is a little weird. I used to keep a jacket. I mean, my life's changed so much. I used to keep a jacket that I could put on and look professional. And it's like, ah, forget it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not going to keep doing that. But yeah, it has been very surreal. No, I think you're right. Is that we had to fight so hard to have work from home days. And that was even rare. I'm trying to think when I when I joined eBay, this was in 2002 and we all worked really, really hard to say, can we at least have one work from home day just to focus? Because we had moved to the open kind of office model. We had cubes, but there were very low walls and people were sharing cubes even. And you just couldn't focus because people were constantly walking by and interrupting you and talking to you. And I think there's been a big, um, awakening that people who thought that they were productive in the office discovered they weren't. So they've been at home and they've had to, initially they weren't productive. And a lot of people talked about this too. It's like, Oh, I'm distracted and I can't focus and I'm tempted to, you know, go clean and do laundry and all this stuff. And then it settled in. And I think people found, okay, I can actually be productive and somebody's not walking by all the time and interrupting me. That's nice. Uh, I just got back to sometimes three or four hours of my day by not commuting because I used to commute two to four hours a day, bad, bad days. It was four hours. It was horrible. Um, Good day. Fast day was two hours. Getting that back. I mean, incredible amount of time. So for me, it it enabled me to do things like exercise for the first time in a long time (laughs) and commit to that. Have you been seeing that too? Because you've had a foot in both worlds. I've been noticing that people are making use of this recovered time to reinvest in their health a little bit. Mm. Yes and no. I think okay. um, initially when, when everything was, was completely locked down, it was lovely. 
and uh, I mean my my the street that runs behind me is a tiny little one track road and it mm -hmm. became um <clears throat> you know everybody was out doing their walks and it, and right. it was really yeah. nice and I and we used to laugh because I shouldn't laugh but uh you know we, we'd see these sort of 60 year old men going by on the bikes that they clearly dragged out the back of the shed and yeah. one of them, one of them had actually taped it all together with gaffer tape and you know the seats were all, like, the, the saddles, all rusty yeah, the saddles were like the wrong the wrong height so the knees are coming up all the <laughs> Yeah. That's, yeah, that is wonderful. That's and cool. I mean, genuinely, you'd meet people who said, you know, you'd be sort of halfway around the hill and, and they'd say, you know, we haven't walked up here in years. So wow. that, that was really yeah. lovely. But <clears throat> I think there's probably been a bit of a, I don't know what the divide is, but I think some people have gone one way and some people have gone the other. I think you're right. Because, yeah, you know, that's we, true. I mean, the, I don't know, over here they've, they've coined the phrase the COVID stone. Um, oh, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ours yeah, isn't quite so, so clever, but yes. Yes, yeah, so, there's definitely been I some weight gain, yeah. Definitely. So, and I mean, I'm not surprised about that because people, you've been at home, you're far more tempted to, to snack, you're, and they're stressed you know, yeah yeah all all these factors all these factors so I, I i'm not sure what the as i say the percentages of who's gone one way and who's gone the other i don't other. know either that'd be an interesting study yeah 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 um and i think that the the overall stress of the situation is not helping matters at all yeah that's the one thing that even with the increased investment in health, and I think you're right, I think it's gone two ways. I think some people are stress eating and, and staying home more than they used to. We've had an issue here where the national parks have had record numbers of people that have never been to these parks and camping. Like I live up in, close to the mountains here and it's crazy. Like people that are going to the lakes and they're camping and they're skiing, people have never done this before. So it's like way more people it's overrunning the parks. It's it's a big issue, actually. I'm glad people are doing it, but we're not ready for it. But the one thing that doesn't seem to have been addressed head on is the mental health issues and and the emotional health issues. And I people keep talking about it, but I haven't seen a huge investment yet from employers and others saying, "Okay, we are recognizing that you're under a lot of stress. It's very there's a lot of anxiety." We thought the pandemic would be over. The vaccine helped, but now with the variants, it's not. And so now people are like, uh-oh, we're going back into it again. And I just saw that like here in the in California, Los Angeles just put the mask order back into effect. So people are feeling this dread that just when we thought we were coming out of it, we may be going back into it. And I don't I don't see enough of an effort to help people deal with this emotionally. And that's really unfortunate. I, I emotionally or physically, I mean, we haven't, I haven't seen any evidence of um, attempts to help people. You know, it is a virus. I mean, obviously, it's a different virus and it's a, it's a nasty virus um, and it's working in ways that people still don't fully understand. But ultimately, yeah. if your immune system is as, you know, as well as you can help it to be, you yeah. are undoubtedly giving yourself a better chance. And it, you know, oh, absolutely. There yeah. are, you know, the evidence that vitamin C and adequate vitamin D levels, I mean, that's now been pretty much there for months. I mean, it's been, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's not disputed. 
plus it's not going to do you any harm anyway. Exactly. Um, it's all good. You know, so yeah. <clears throat> it's all good anyway. But I, I, we're in the same position. I mean, Ju- July 19th, England, certainly, not Scotland. We're always a bit behind. Um, but they, you know, that is supposed to be our freedom day, as they're calling it. Mm-hmm. And actually, our our case numbers, not our hospital or death numbers, our case numbers mm. are as high now as they were in January. Yeah, and I think yeah. that it's causing oh, it causes so much division between people as well because yeah. some people are absolutely terrified. Other people are losing their businesses, so they're trying out for things to open regardless. Um, I mean that you'd listen to interviews and things on the radio, and I, I mean I had tears running down my face the other day listening to someone who works in the, the wedding industry and he said we oh, are just yeah. on our knees here and he, he said you know all, he was actually talking about the mental health issues in that just in that one industry but I mean, <laughs> that's one mm-hmm. of many um, right. <clears throat> and he said they're just they're just in dire straits really in dire yeah. straits yeah I mean it's really unfortunate because I think we kid kind of did it by half measures, at least in the U S because New Zealand was super aggressive. Like they closed down hard yeah, and then they reopened like in two months. I mean, they open and now their, their cases are, I don't even know if they have any cases. I mean, it's pretty incredible. And instead we kind of partially closed and, and we had it really bad in the U S um, <coughs> the, the most cases and deaths. I lost a friend who died from it, um, which is really unfortunate. Um, and now we just know we cannot economically keep doing this. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Temporarily, yes, but economically, it's disastrous. So I think we need to find a different way forward. Mm-hmm. A lot of the remote work stuff that we've been talking about, I've been trying to help people with businesses saying, you need to diversify your income so that some of it doesn't have to be in the physical world, that you can do online kind of stuff and you know online education and training and, and shift some of your your resources to that because I have a bad feeling this isn't going away anytime soon and you're not going to survive. Your business won't survive this. And so you really have to get serious about it. It's not a temporary thing. You've got to really I, invest in it. I, I absolutely agree. And, uh, you know, in terms of my work in property now, the the mass exodus from the cities yeah. to to rural areas is phenomenal. There too, yeah, we're having it here too. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, so, a lot of people leaving San Francisco, for example. Um, yes. Not sure if the exodus from California is as big as they predicted. I think it's people moving around in California, so leaving the cities. I know that we've had an explosion in people moving into my area. So my friend's a real estate agent and he's had his busiest year ever. Um, houses are selling within a week, like, and going for a hundred thousand dollars over asking. There was a place, a home went for a million over asking. It's like, what? It's like insane. Uh, so but all the that, rural areas are just blowing up. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I can't hold on to, I, 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 I put one live at eight, eight in the evening last Wednesday. 24 viewers booked in by 10 the next morning and sold by midday wow. you cannot you <laughs> cannot and people are desperate and the yeah. problem is we, we have so much more demand than supply that people right. are actually living in caravans now because they you know they're selling their mm. house so quickly oh. then there's nothing there's nothing oh, to no. buy they can't get their hands on anything 
Um, and of course, I'm I'm very worried about where this is all heading because if inflation starts rising as it is here, mm-hmm. and then interest rates will start rising, and people who have paid over the odds, I mean, you know where I'm going with this, and mm-hmm. so that's a, a sort of car crash waiting to happen as well. It's it's yeah. it's not not great. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure when it's going to stabilize. Um, No, it's certainly not stabilizing here yet. But, you know, let's think of the positives, because I am, I'm very glass half full, and we have to try to help people, you know, think of the positives. Um, And, you know, certainly in our, if people are moving out into more rural areas, then working together more as communities, being Mm -hmm, more mm -hmm. self-sustaining with food, I mean, I, you know, our yeah. local village shop, for instance, it's dry through this because, you know, it's pulled in a lot of local suppliers. We've got oh, fabulous local vegetables that arrive every Monday and, you know, whatever, fish, meat, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I feel that the way forward, you know, is to just try to work together maybe in slightly smaller communities. Right, right. Yeah, we've been a, a part of our, we, it's community supported agriculture, CSA. And, and so we get a weekly delivery of local vegetables and fruits and all that. And I agree. I think both in terms of what's going on economically, and I think environmentally and trying to reduce the carbon footprint of shipping in vegetables from a completely different country when you have farms like a, you know, 20 miles away. And so I think it's, it's creating a greater awareness and I think it's forcing people to do things like buy local and to engage as a community. And I think, like you said, I think that's the good side. I think there's a silver lining. Sometimes you have to go through some really bad things to kind of realize what's important to you and, and how to get together as a community and how to invest in yourself and your local businesses. And I'm hoping that's the outcome of a lot of this is that we do start to do more of that. And less relying on the big corporations because they've been failing us. Um, And I have been seeing, I know in the U S I don't know if it's happening globally, but a lot of people are, are quitting their jobs this summer. So they've got fed up with the big corporate jobs, the big companies that didn't really look out for them as much as they had hoped during kind of the pandemic and, and giving them the resources they needed and now saying, okay, it's, come back to the office and they're like, really? It's, I don't feel safe for one. And I realized how much I like my life without commuting to an office. And so people are quitting. Um, I've seen in the a renewed interest because I do this business coaching in people mm-hmm. saying, okay, maybe it's time. It's time for me to figure out how to start my own business and to spin that up and be independent, much like you've done multiple times in your career and make it work where I have more of that under my control. So I don't know if you're seeing as much of that there. Are you seeing people quitting jobs and and looking for something that's a better fit for their their new lifestyle? Um, I'm not maybe you're in a position where you're going to be witnessing that. I'm just kind of doing my job. If that makes sense, you know. So yeah. I'm not, not particularly keeping your uh, keeping busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just keeping my head down, and keeping going. Um, but you know what I do think is that it it's possible to make, I mean, I've made two or three major switches, one at yes. 40 and one at 50. And right. I, at the same time, I see people commenting often, 
often, I mean, regularly people say, oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm nearly 40, 40. Oh, I yeah. you know, I couldn't <laughs> do that now. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. And I think, you know, that's, it, you've only worked 20 years. You've probably got another 30 to go. Exactly. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, even me, even me now at 50, I thought, oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm 15 years is guaranteed. But the way we're headed, I mean, even our... I our think it's going to be 20, thing, yeah. I think it's going to be 20. And I want these 20, you want to look back and think, you know, what have I, What? not necessarily what actual job I've done, but what skills have I accumulated? Mm -hmm. If they were 50, over, this, over 30 years, you have accumulated some skills without a shadow right. of a doubt. It might be that, you know, people speak to someone like you, Larry, because often I find people can actually sound silly, but they, they, they're not terribly good at breaking these skills down. True. And then, yeah. and then yeah. re, I mean, for me, for me, tr training as a, an estate agent, which was actually quite, <laughs> quite a big deal, had to pass yeah. exams and all sorts of things. But I mean, I didn't, I, I wasn't attracted to that because I love property. I, I wasn't, I'm not some, you know, interior designer. I, I'm not, I didn't want to be traipsing around lots of people's houses. I'm not nosy. <laughs> but I, what I thought to myself was, um, look, you know, these are everyone moving house is going through this really stressful experience. Mm -hmm. They need they need to be communicated with properly. That's all my background of yeah. communication, and they need to be supported. They need reassured. They need to know you're going to be by their side. And these, you know, I recognise as attributes of mine i've got plenty of failings but these these are strengths of mine yeah, and yeah. so therefore i applied these strengths to this job and i think it's it's that switch around where where you're 20 you're sort of not doing things that way you're, you're looking at okay I, I need to start building my skills up because i don't have right. many as a 20 year old and then you flip that round when you're older and say actually I've got plenty. I might need to speak yeah. to someone and, and get them to clarify what they are, but they're definitely there. And um, yeah. you'd be amazed what you can apply them to. And a year into it, I mean, I, my, my learning curve was so steep. It was, you know, straight into a pandemic. I mean, I couldn't have done that time. Yeah. I, you know, timing <laughs> couldn't have been worse. So I think, I well, if I, <laughs> if I survive that, then, um, you know, so I, I think it's, it's possible to change 40, 50, 60, 70. It's always yeah. possible to change. And yeah. it, it's, I feel always so sad when I hear people, you know, who are maybe 75, 80 or whatever and just looking and regretting because yeah. they realise at that yeah. point that actually whilst you start to think, gosh, I'm 50, I'm getting on a bit. When you're 80, right. a 50 year old's young. <laughs> I know, it's a kid. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you because you run and you're, you're fit and, you know, you and Nicole, you're always, so you have plenty of energy. You know, it's yeah. not, there, there's really nothing else to, there's no, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. I agree. Yeah. No, I think you nailed it. What you said is exactly what I want more people to understand is that they have a tremendous number of soft skills that they've developed over their entire lives that can be applied to anything. And I think when it comes down to almost anything you're doing, unless you're trying to be an airline pilot or a surgeon, <laughs> which is a real, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of hard skills you got to acquire. 
most of the things you want to do transitions to other careers and starting a business. It's a lot of the soft skills and it's your willingness to learn and to adapt and to work with people. It's so much just about the relationships with the people. And so that is, I, I love your story and that's why I wanted to have you on the show. And, and you kind of summed it up perfectly. It's like, it's never too late. There's always something you can do to apply what you have in your toolkit to do something because we are going to be working for more years than we probably expect. And you might as well enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Fiona. Lovely thank you so to much. see you again. Yeah, it's great to see you too. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you would like to follow upcoming releases of the show, please subscribe. And as always, I appreciate your ratings and reviews. Thank you. If you would like to learn more about Invincible Career and the podcast, you can visit InvincibleCareer.com. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.